Welcome to iPhone. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 84 of i for o um every time i say a number in the 80s for an episode it's still hard to believe that it's been 84 plus weeks since we started this podcast it doesn't feel like that at all um but as a throwback to our listeners and a welcome return i do want to be the first one to officially say hello on the air to kyle i missed you we What's up, buddy? Him. How you doing? Hey, Hello. hey, it's good to be back. You know, obviously I miss you two all the time on these airways. Hey, man. I know that it's been a while for me. But I know a long time ago you became the master of transitioning us into these amazing topics. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Okay, but um before i do that i do want to oh what some, it's all we have some opening remarks from Irvin because he oh, has some opening remarks oh yeah he has some follow-up from stuff that we talked about previously um a couple episodes ago i'm not quite sure what yeah one or one or two, yeah one or two episodes ago uh we talked about at&t updating their uh, android phones to say uh, 5GE instead of 4G, even though they don't have 5G technically. So they're like misinforming their customers. And then we read articles that the their CEO was actually found it funny that people are finding it um, and good that are finding it confusing. Uh, it's just the whole thing is just weird. Uh, but it looks like now Apple's following suit um, with AT&T and the late in the uh, latest developer beta uh, for iOS on the newer, newer phones, it's beginning to show up for people on the uh, AT&T network where right. it says 5GE instead of LTE. Because, you know, just making up words for stuff is how you get a new standard rolled out. Exactly. <laughs> I it's can't... like, ooh, I got 5G. It's, it's through this free software update. How exciting. Literally isn't nothing this, has changed. Isn't this like kind of how f- LGE isn't really anything significant in terms of actual 4g speeds like it's just a a term that the industry applied and people were like oh that means fast like 4g is 4g it is what it is it's just if you're getting 4g lte it's just the full capabilities of what 4g is able to do but it's it's just ridiculous and i like how it says um this means that the iPhone 10s is capable of 5GE. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because I don't think last which, time which I checked, means nothing. a single US phone has that bandwidth or has that capability. Right. Well, 5GE is not a thing, first of all. That doesn't exist. It's a made-up thing. It's made up <laughs> my favorite part, my favorite part is that AT&T is trying to act like they're out in front of it by saying, "Oh look, five G, five G E, baby, look at us, five G evolution." That's what they're calling it. Yeah, they're evolving beyond the times. This is something that T-Mobile, the exact same technology, just not calling it five G E, rolled out in twenty fourteen. And two zero one four. That's five years for those of you who don't like math. Before right now, I love math. <laughs> the reason, mainly, that I brought this up is I found it surprising that how much. Uh, 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 pressure that AT&T can put on Apple to actually update this. Cause I know a- Apple's, you know, wants to do the right thing. I think most companies do like to represent the right technologies to the people, make sure, you know, but 
I think there's a lot of money involved uh, through AT&T, and I think there's a good relationship uh, behind the scenes there because it was the first carry that the iPhone launched on here in the U.S. anyway. So there might be some, you know, leeway internally to say, hey, nudge, nudge, Apple, could you put this into your next release? It's just I I, I just found it weird that Apple agreed to this. That's yeah. all. I like the, um, the T-Mobile tweets that they had where they – had uh they had like sticky noted a 6g onto one of their phones they were like wow it really is that easy <laughs> and that's awesome the the reply from at&t's vice president uh the vice president of ran i don't know why they didn't provide the full acronym for what that means but uh, maybe I'm just dumb and missing out on what that that word should be. But he was saying, "That's over- it's ran. It means he used to run." Oh, the f- VP of yeah. ran the past. Yeah, he's okay. yeah someone who used to run a lot. Okay. He's the VP of former runners. Oh, good. <laughs> the past tense. Um, <laughs> he was saying, "Yeah, he's sorry. Like, uh, all these towers that are 5G e will ultimately have 5G capabilities." And it's like, "Yeah, sure, but that won't that come from replacing most of the tower to begin with?" Like. Sure, the 5G will come from the same physical location, but, like, why? Like, the whole statement was just, like, it was that cookie-cutter, like, dance-around-the-actual-answer kind of, like, corporate political, like, BS-type thing that they say. And they're like, but um, they were saying, how much capacity do you have? What software capabilities are available? But we very much will. Where we've deployed that infrastructure to support it, a lot of its software is upgradable to support 5G, but you have to worry about how many 5G handsets, how many users. You have to continue to serve a base of customers that have current handsets. And I honestly feel like that if you tell people that their phone doesn't support 5G, they will understand that instead of making up this really weird term called 5GE, which means nothing to the consumer aside for the fact that it's on a line that eventually will support 5G capabilities, but still your handset will never have that full speed because no phone does in the US right now. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I think that the more that news of 5G comes out, the more we're going to keep talking about this just because of how ridiculous this whole premise is of 5G. And it really is like, it. I feel like it's the USB standard all over again. Like, Everyone's got to be first to get their standard out. Uh, same thing happened with 4G. Um, so they had a, a LTE uh, advanced. Um, and speaking of T-Mobile, they're the ones making fun of AT&T now. They did the same thing with uh, 3G uh, and 4G. So they pretended that their 3G network was capable of doing 4G uh, speed. So they called it... Uh, for LTE or LTE advanced or something like that. I forget the exact uh, thing, but T-Mobile did this, this exact same thing from the transition from 3G to 4G. It was just funny that they're making fun of AT&T for doing the same thing for 5G. Yeah. Um, and like, no one seems to be approaching 5G right at all. Like, this is already a mess. So yeah. If any anybody who's expecting this landmark achievement for 5G obviously doesn't understand the telecom industry <laughs> because this is already a mess. Because T-Mobile, uh, according to this nine to five Mac article, um, they're gonna be they 
they have millimeter wave networks, which are going to require hundreds of millihertz of spectrum to operate. And T-Mobile's rollout will use an average of 31 megahertz at, of a spectrum of 600, which means that T-Mobile's 5G network will reach more customers, but it will have a marginal speed boost over 4G. 5G will have, sure, like lower latency, but they're not going to be getting these like near gigabit wireless speeds that people keep talking about and like stuff like Y gig and things like that, which are going to have much faster bandwidth, but it's yeah. Yeah. Or should I say, don't hold your breath if anyone's waiting for 5g capabilities, because I don't think you're going to get it anytime soon. Nope. I, I just want to know who was the first person who said 5g so we can go slap them for starting all this. Like, <laughs> The people who are in charge of coming up with standards. Yeah. And and which and which company is going to name their next device 5G as part of the name? Like iPhone uh, 3G back yeah. in the day. Like who's doing it? Who do we have to get mad at first? My bet is on Verizon. Verizon. That was actually going to be my bet also. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But yeah, there'll be some droid 5G or something is what it'll be called. That'll be yeah. Yeah. They're definitely not going to test it with one of their big phones just in case it doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, because they wouldn't be, yeah, they just wouldn't even be able to, like, Samsung would just laugh in their face and be like, what, well, why would we do this? Or, yeah, like, any they'll other. bring back, the, they'll bring back the LG chocolate. It'll be the 5G <laughs> chocolate or some, something like that. Something stupid. Oh, man. Did you see? It um, has two screens and you like sl- slide it up and there's a tiny mini screen below it. Did you see the, um, like, speaking of the, like, older phones, but the, uh, during CES, there was a lot of, like, foldable screen technology. And stuff. And did you see like the concept art of potentially bringing back the razor as a full mm-hmm. screen flip phone? <laughs> yeah, that, that would was, be ridiculous. That was so cool. Like it's a, it's basically it is the razor. Like it, it's a clamshell phone that folds and opens. But in what you're clamshelling, what you're opening and closing is a end to end screen, bezel to bezel screen on the inside with a digital touchpad and everything. Like it would be so cool to see that. And I think that would be like the only practical reason that a clamshell phone would come back. I've stated this on the podcast before. I'm so it's still not sold on foldable phones and it's going to take a lot for me to be sold on foldable phones. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's just because the, the use case for foldable phones hasn't like been fully defined yet. Like no one really knows why. Like why I need to know why, why I want one. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, it, it. I mean, it would basically be to combine your tablet and your phone into one. I would imagine yeah. it would be bigger, so you could fit stronger tech in it, so you could have the capabilities of an iPad Pro, and then still have it turn into the size of your phone and be able to use it casually in that regard. Also. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can. I see that, but at the same time, like I. Like in a, in an industry saturated with tablets already, and an industry saturated in smartphones at super low prices, I just don't know who the initial buyers of this because you know these phones are going to cost over a grand. To, More than that. phones already cost without the folding capability over a grand. So yeah, you can you can pay fifteen hundred dollars and still not have enough money for an iPhone, depending on which one you want. But. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, like, I think it's cool, and this the future tech is cool, and like coming up with new names and and new form factors, and we seem to be in this like weird limbo period of coming up with like new layouts and new approaches to stuff that we've done before, and like I'm all for that. Like the fact that I'm making fun of it that shouldn't take away from the fact that it's really cool tech, but like five G's five G E is dumb. 
but foldable phones i think has a place in the future when it eventually gets to that point and when when those use cases are defined if that makes sense and it's funny because like i usually actually mention this as a joke in the past on on episodes but i mean you can kind of take the same idea and, and keep it in this this style of conversation we're having now a little more serious like i felt like for a while it was a battle between which one do we want do we want to mm-hmm. stick with phones how they are do we want to kind of blend the phone into our tablet do we want them to be two separate things what are we doing with our laptop over here because for a while it was how big can we make the smartphone and then instead of getting a bigger tablet people were like well how small can we make our tablet and people still want it yeah and then you know now you have people adding keyboards to tablets and having folding of you know i mean like like where the keyboard interacts with the tablet and that folds over and you're adding in the, the foldability of a laptop and the the ease of a laptop there I feel like the more into this realm we get, the more we're kind of blending those three. All of our mobile devices are slowly becoming one. Like they're yeah. all melding into. Now, like you said, it has to be a. a you have to take it case by case. You have to see what the actual uses could be for it. Who's looking for this? What would they even use it for? Stuff like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. we still have to wait and see on that. But yeah, I think you're going to run into another another scenario where it is um, where it's mainly like artists on the go or the creative type on the go. I think you're re- that's really what you're going to end up seeing, just like we've seen with the tablets. I could see now that you mentioned that I could see Wacom doing that, making a foldable tablet uh, drawing surface type phone to compete with like some of the smartphone stuff, like, <laughs> a, like having being able to take a full Wacom tablet with you somewhere. I could see that being a thing. That'd be yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Or who knows, maybe later in the podcast, Energizer has some information for us <laughs> that can help out with with this debate. New players in the f- smartphone game. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I don't want to spoil it for our listeners, Irvin. It's it's like it's too good to talk about at the head of the show. Um, mm-hmm. Also, real quick, every time I see somebody with a clamshell phone now, unless it's on a clip on the outside of their pants, my first thought is that's a criminal for sure. <laughs> no way, it's not a criminal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for all you clamshellers out there just know we're judging all of you <laughs> everybody needs to know what you do for a living if you have a clamshell phone <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i do want to talk about some actual stuff though um because yeah. there was some literally like okay so the the day after our last episode <laughs> Like arguably the biggest story of the month breaks or one of the biggest stories of the month. And I was just like, really? Like, why like, why couldn't this have just broken the day before when we were talking about it and we could have done like a live reporting? So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, the conversation that we're about to have is Apple banning Facebook and now Google more recently. So it is, I guess, good that we waited um, for revoking their app permissions. So after they have exploited loopholes in their systems to harvest data using um, what's it called? Uh, just like random research apps and things like that. Yeah. And so they were, they were, they were recruiting people to uh, sort of sign up for this uh, um, uh, research thing to sort of better capture, you know, so like, Hey, if you agree to in- let us install this app uh, onto your phone, uh, we'll monitor what you're doing just so we can learn from more information. And here's 20 bucks. We'll give you 20 bucks every month for it. It's like, oh, just uh, give us all your data. Um, 
So at both uh, Facebook and Google were caught doing this. Uh, first, it was Facebook. Then later on, a similar app called ScreenWise for, from Google uh, was found. And these weren't distributed through the regular app store. So you can go to the app store and type in the, the names uh, of these apps within. You just can't download it. Um, they were using a uh, enterprise uh, developer account uh, to deploy these apps. So because that's how you should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's how you get past the app store, right? So if you're using the enterprise uh, certificate or enterprise deployment pr- platform, which was designed for corporations to use internal apps for employees to use internal apps, right? Yeah. So let's say IBM wants to develop an app that's only meant for their employees. They're not going to put it in the app store, so they want to just distribute it internally. Um, that's the main use case for that type of functionality. But uh, app, both Apple and Google were using it in other ways um, as well. Um, yeah. So like paying to, teenagers to literally record yeah. everything on their phone. Um, it was it was very the, the wording within the Facebook app especially was worded towards uh, the 20 under crowd. And I think Facebook is trying to figure out what are the, all the kids are doing on the Internet because they have no idea. They're losing touch with the kids. <laughs> what are those uh, kids up to? And later on, it was actually found out that uh, by the use of this type of uh, app uh, earlier on, um, it was one of the main kids, decision makers for buying WhatsApp. Because they saw a huge increase in certain crowds within certain areas of the world, huge uses of, of uh, WhatsApp, and there's like very little usage of Facebook Messenger. So Facebook, like, we gotta buy this company. This is yeah. the future. Um, These kids know something, right? <laughs> so Apple found out about. Well, the whole internet found out about it, and a couple of days later, uh, <laughs> wait, wait a second. My computer, I'm all of a sudden having some technical difficulties on my end, but it sounded like you said everybody found out about the internet just now. I was like, yeah, I think we know what the internet is. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone's like, whoa, what is it? We're all connected. Whoa, oh, it's God. just in the clouds. <laughs> oh, I have. How do they fit it with that. all the rain up there? I have a They're in the computer. We, oh, I, I, will, I will post that meme. I have a perfect meme for that. Inc- that includes you, Matt. Okay. Remember that picture I sent you? We'll yes. post it on our iFurrow uh, Twitter okay. page. You so can, everyone, our listeners can. You should just get, make the episode art that picture. <laughs> I should. I should. And I can't do that. Yes. <laughs> so, nice. so the, the uh, entire internet found out about, about uh, what Apple and Google were doing. Um, or Facebook and Google were doing. So Apple decided to block their certificate. Um, and just by blocking this, certi- this special certificate that allows them to install their own apps without going through the app store, it killed their app, these apps that they were using. Yeah, they're no longer able to open them, even if they're already installed on iOS yeah. devices. One of the downsides of that is if <laughs> Apple or if Facebook and Google were using that same certificate to run also their legitimate internal apps meant for employees, those also stop working. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Facebook employees have to go talk to the people in the cafeteria to place orders for food now. They can't just <laughs> order through your app. <laughs> and also Google buses uh, for employees to uh, help them with their commute also stopped working so they can see where their bus was at and how long <laughs> it's taking to. <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> oh, that's great. It's like I mean, it's not. I feel bad for the people who you know couldn't get right. It, it was a daily day today. Like, oh my why goodness! Why would you do? Why would you do this if you have semi-critical infrastructure running on the same, like the same license? Yeah, maybe they didn't realize how much power Apple has just by revoking that one certificate. They kills all these apps. Yeah. They didn't realize that power that Apple has. Tim Cook just yoinked them. Just yeah, the plug. There's it didn't, and it not just only broke the those apps, but like all the internal testing apps that they were using for beta versions of their iOS software that employees were testing out internally. All those broke, like everything, like the whole like pretty much no work got done that day uh, in terms of iOS development inter- internally. <laughs> all the developers had to go home. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> trying to do that at work tomorrow, or <laughs> oh man, that would we we need iOS apps. So it caused. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. It caused quite a havoc at both companies, but both of these certificates had and has have now been reinstated, um, as of us uh, reporting on this. Um, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I didn't hear about the follow up that they were reinstated. Yeah. But can can we talk about the fact that like literally, if this was anybody else, their account would have been banned so yeah. fast? Right. Yes. <laughs> like so. <fast>. What? <laughs> I mean, we know that Apple has all this power. They would never, it's like, oh yeah, we'll remove Facebook app from the app store completely because you violated this term of service. Yeah. They would never do that. No, no, they would never do that. Also, I hope my dog isn't too distracting. For you no, 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 it's improving the quality of the show exponentially. Okay. It's got, oh yeah. I mean, come on. It's, <laughs> I am um, a little antsy. I'm tr- I'm trying to think of a good comparison of what this is like, and the the only thing I could come up with quickly, and not hearing the beginning because of my technical difficulties, um, but looking through the article and and what we've talked about is like Major League Baseball with the home run race in the late '90s, early 2000s. Okay, like they knew that Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire were probably doing steroids. Like they knew those two Bonds, Clemens, like these dudes. Definitely on steroids. Barry Bonds' head has grown 18 sizes since last season. Um, but they just let it go because ratings were going through the roof. They're like, you know what? No one's complained yet. We're counting our money. It's all good. And then one dude was like, yo, record should stand. I love Babe Ruth. I'm getting all you guys. And that was the end of it. So like, w- the hat's going to fall eventually where like the wrong guy right. is going to yeah. do this stupid thing and then like this thing that facebook did with trying to get around these these permissions and everything and then everybody's going to get revoked or they're going to have to change something or like there's going to be some it's going to fall eventually but like you said facebook ain't going to be the guy like mark mcguire was the sweetheart he wasn't going to be the guy <laughs> but bonds who was already kind of cocky and kind of a jerk sure yeah he can be the guy that's fine yeah but not Mark McGuire. He was our sweetheart. We can't do that. Somebody will take the fall, but it won't be Facebook because honestly, exactly. I think that doing that to Facebook would damage Apple, I think, just as much as it would damage Facebook because I'm sure that that app is a cash cow for their store. And I'm sure that like they make a ton of money off of just the, the like the, any of the ad revenue that comes through Facebook for the app. So I think... And also, can we talk about how we mentioned that they weren't getting enough information on the young generation through Facebook. Yeah. Like it, it officially went from dude, it's not cool that your parents are on Facebook to right. now we are those people and kids are like, you guys are on Facebook. Ew. 
Yeah. yeah. It's so gross. Facebook. Like, that's it just flipped. <laughs> it's yeah. not considered like the social network of, of parents and grandmas. No, yes. no, it, it was our social network, and then we took right. it with us. We oh. didn't leave it behind for the people behind us. We were like, no, this is just going to come. You're just throw it in the sack. We're bringing it along. He's in the red wagon. It's fine. The young kids got TikTok. That's it. Yeah, they got they got TikTok and Fortnite. That's it. Yep. They, they had WhatsApp is. for like 12 minutes. And then yeah. Facebook like, put an end to that real fast. <laughs> I talked to all of my friends on the Epic Games launcher. I don't talk to any of my friends in Facebook anymore. Dude, there's <laughs> like five years after us was Instagram. And Facebook was like, we got that. Yeah. And then a couple years after that, it was WhatsApp, and they're like, "We got that too." And now I, I guess that Facebook is going to have to buy Fortnite. It's the only option. They were trying to get Snapchat, but Snapchat was like, "You're not getting that." Yeah, no, 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 no. We're we got our our good thing going over here. Yeah, they're like, "We got that, not you." They're. Uh, I would not be shocked if they made some sort of partnership with with Fortnite at some point. Yeah. So we don't know how many people actually sign up to use these apps. Of course, the those numbers are not going to be released by these companies. <laughs> Might have been a, a good amount uh, because they were. Um, it's valuable data to both uh, Google and Facebook to try to figure out what people are doing on their phones, especially iPhones, right? Because Google has all this data already on Android. If you go to your My Activity, you have an Android phone. Google already knows everything that you do on an Android phone. That's just baked in. But on iOS, everything is locked down because of uh, Apple and the way that they developed their OS. So this this was the only way for the sort of for Facebook and and Google to get a, sort of an insight into that system. Um, so this data is quite valuable, especially here in the U.S., where the iPhone usage is quite high, um, more than other countries. Um, so a lot of uh, users on on iOS are are valuable. They spend a lot of money on apps. Uh, it's typically the statistic uh, that you see uh, being quoted. Uh, they're higher spenders and they're more affluent or something like that. So these are valuable customers to both oh, wait, of these. Didn't they, didn't, wasn't the actual term that they referred to them as whales? Oh, no. So that was referring to 13-year-old kids who were doing in-app purchases <laughs> for $5,000 for uh, Angry Birds within Facebook. And <laughs> that was a term that I have not heard since the cryptocurrency boom. Not related to the story whatsoever, but it's all it's it's quite hilarious. That's great that you brought that up. It's still just as ridiculous. Yeah. So the an internal memo was caught by uh, my my camera can't focus on my face anymore. Um, internal memo was was leaked uh, email chain uh, from internal Facebook support where. Uh, someone from support is saying, reaching out to someone else to say, hey, this kid just reached out to me. They accidentally charged like $5,000 worth of in-app purchases for uh, Angry Birds. Should I refund them? <laughs> and the person is confirming, is it the parents asking or the kid? It's like the kid. Uh, just forget about him. These are all just whales. Just let him just. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Grab the money. We're not going to refund them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they would refer to them as whales. Yeah. I think that was. I think that might have been in the show notes anyway. But um, no, I didn't put it in there. Um, but that was that was a close. That was a close runner up. And and like people sign up to use these apps to give the data because they were giving twenty bucks a pop every month for you to do this. Yeah, I mean that's money if you're like if you're thirteen, up to, as 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 young as thirteen. Yeah, 
This can they even like legal? more out more than any allowance that you'll get? Is that even legal to have a thirteen year old? If if they were uh, under eighteen, they had to get uh, a parent's permission. Oh um, yeah, consent. Right, they had to consent. Yeah. Um, but okay. Most parents, I don't know if they. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what would you do if if your son did came up to you? It was like, hey, I can download this app and get twenty bucks a month. Just just click approve here. I'd be like, yeah, you better get 50, dog. Like, <laughs> 20 bucks a month. Get out of here. No, I, I mean, in all realism, though, I would I would explain to him, depending on the age. I mean, right now he's 11, so right. I probably wouldn't leave it up to him. I would yeah. just make the call myself. No, yeah. But sure. if he's 14, 15, he's getting a little bit closer to adulthood. I'm going to suggest that he doesn't do it and explain in greater detail why, because I'll have a better, a better understanding of of the idea of not putting everything about your life in one place in one person's hand, because they can use that and sell that information and basically make you a cash cow for them for life. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of us didn't have access, excuse me, access to that knowledge as we grow up. But the more we can do to pass the information down to the next generation, I think we should. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I think, I'm not trying to put other parents down, but I think you're more of an informed person, parent than a lot of parents. That's true too. Yeah. Right. So like you would know to look out for these type of things or like, Hey, what are you installing on your phone? Yeah. Um, oh, I, I know plenty of people who like, as soon as I read this story, I was like, I know people who would not care if their yeah. kid was like, Hey, th- so some stranger came up to me in the park and said, I can install this app for 20 bucks a month and they just use it for data. And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. It's fine. The, just your stupid gadget whatever it doesn't matter the weird what's data the even lot? mean the weird guy in the parking lot that was mark zuckerberg yeah that's, that's exactly <laughs> so it's old zucks you know just it is. Oh, man he's got his hoodie up it's, it's like a kid trying to trying to trying to sell some data i'm buying yeah. <laughs> um, i want to have her buying his data son what you got what you got yeah let so, me see them apps yeah we need data on that app yeah, man. So just just to, to roll into the next topic, much like how Facebook has, uh, much like how Facebook and Apple or Facebook and Google learned that their internal apps may not last forever. A lot of people in the Nintendo Wii shop and the Wii store channel recently learned. Oh, man. Nothing lasts forever. Who were digital game owners? Um, I'm trying to hold it together through this segue, but it's, it, it's, I, I can't, it, it's too bad. But, um, so for those people who do not know about the Nintendo Wii store channel, um, it was a, like a, a store service in basically like any online, uh, media platform where you can go and buy older games and you can buy even, I think all the way back to retro, uh, older console, Nintendo classic games for the Wii. Um, they shut that service down. So if you did not have any of your purchases installed on any of your devices, then you are SOL and you cannot get those apps ever again. So this is one of the perils of the modern digital age. Um, and I think it is just another product of just the risk you take when owning all digital copies that's on that's owned under a proprietary store 
Um, the same, the same thing could happen to anybody. So it, it could happen to iTunes users. It could happen to people on the Switch, like myself, who have all digital games. It could happen to anyone on Sony's network if Sony shuts down their online store for the PlayStation or something. Like nothing truly lasts forever, and and this is kind of redefining what it truly means to own something in the digital age. And yeah. I'm like it, it's concerning. Um, I think this is going to be a part of a different conversation. Um, that has to happen at some point. And I think that as these bigger platforms such as Nintendo do this, I think that this conversation is going to get pushed more into the front, uh, more into the limelight. And this was something, honestly, that a lot of, I think, tech enthusiasts and people who are more in touch with the tech industry were worried about, but it was something that a lot of people might very easily take for granted. And I even am guilty of it because I was like, oh yeah, I'll just get all digital on my Switch. That's fine. Not knowing that if for whatever reason the eShop shuts down, I'm out of luck and can't get games. So, like, Kyle, I'm curious with your um, knowledge of gaming, what your thoughts are on this. I think this is something that you'd have a pretty good opinion for. Well, yeah, and I, I think that the one thing that you don't have to worry about, but you're right, it, it, it could be a potential issue down down the road, is like Nintendo didn't seem to buy into the internet. It seemed, and I know that sounds like ridiculous, but they were kind of yeah. just yeah. like doing their own thing. And they're like, "Oh, people want access to classic games. Sure, we'll give them, we'll give them this little icon store type thing." But like, they didn't. That system didn't do the internet and digital very well, and the Wii U didn't do it much better. Um, and, and it's it's a common theme that Nintendo seems to be underprepared for the future. Uh, except, I mean, the, the Switch is a hit. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to badmouth Nintendo overall, but for a, for a little while there, that kind of seemed to be the trend. And it's, <clears throat> like you said, I think that the it's redefining. I mean, let me take a step back. The Wii console itself is one of the most successful consoles to have ever existed. It, yeah. People didn't even care about the games. The games were not successful. Uh, ex- outside of Mario and Donkey Kong, we games were not successful. And, and, and Wii Sports, <laughs> Wii Sports is considered the greatest selling video game of all time because it was sold with the yeah. console. Yeah. Um, th- but I can't tell you how many people I sold a Wii and a copy of Wii Sports to, and that's it. We would have sales where it was like buy two get one free on everything pre owned, including consoles. And I'd be like, all right, you have your console, you have Wii Sports. Do you want an extra controller? no do you want another game no i'm like it's literally free do you are you sure you don't want it no i'm good i just want that and that it's it's i think that people are actually like you said we need something to start this trend to redefine what owning in the digital age means this isn't this is going to be more than just a blip on the radar there's a lot of people who weren't huge video game fans as teenagers or young adults who bought the Wii and Wii Sports, and downloaded classic games, and that's really all it was ever used for. So they never updated to the Wii U because they didn't care about any of the games except for Mm -hmm. Wii Sports. And they didn't buy the Switch because now they're into their mid to late 30s, and if they didn't care about it back then, they definitely don't care about it now. Those are the people who it's going to affect the most, and they have more of a voice than someone who's 15 just getting into gaming. It's The people who are going to make noise are like, hey, the people who don't understand how digital works, the people who someone had to show how to buy 
uh, digital games on the Wii are going to be like, what happened to all my games? Now, the one thing that Nintendo is standing on at this moment is that you will be able to currently access anything that you had downloaded already. If it was on the console, mm-hmm. not for re-download. If you right. had it, had purchased it and you deleted it, it's gone. Whereas when the when the site was at, or excuse me, when the when the service was still active, you obviously had access to everything still. Uh yeah. to and and the ability to re-download. And it's it it's a disappointing move, but I don't know monetarily like what kind of money was Nintendo pouring in to keep this alive, if if anything at all. Right. I, I don't know what kind of manpower that takes. I don't think it is very it can't it can't be very taxing on servers. To right. keep something like this running in the background just so people can download older games. And one would argue that the digital age should arguably be more accommodating, in my opinion, than uh, than the modern age. Because there's less of a chance of hardware failure when all you're depending on is the console. The ability to um, play a game at its current quality... Um, is now independent of the television that you're playing on at the time or the maximum resolution capable of the device or what screen you're on because now it's a cloud device that can connect to an, any number of hardware peripherals. And um, it, it, it this, of course, then becomes a conversation of, sure, how long can you support that mechanism of getting these games onto your local system? But like at the same time, like I don't know very many people who have Wii's that are still hooked up to their television yet. So, like, it's both something that I understand is a conversation that needs to happen because we've also seen this before um, with services as well. Irvin, I think we actually talked about this on an episode a while ago when Logitech shut down the Harmony server for one of their brands, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. everybody's remotes just stopped working because it was connected to a cloud service. So, like. If you shut down the Nintendo Wii store and you don't provide people a way to get titles back, say, if what if you buy a Wii secondhand because your hardware fails? You have no way of backing up that stuff yourself mm-hmm. because it's stored on Nintendo's proprietary, whatever they want to call it, storage system on their console. Like, it doesn't make sense to me because like you said Kyle Nintendo never really embraced the internet they have no real concept of what it means to have a backup and if you're eliminating someone's ability to access the backup that you're inherently giving them with a digital copy then you need to provide them with another option you know one of the crazier parts is and I kind of realize this this the we had less ownership digitally than any other digital arena i can think of the the wii console if you downloaded a game on your wii console there was no username there was no account that you had yeah when we sold wii's secondhand at gamestop we discovered that so like we had somebody sell their wii who worked there who had a ton of digital games Mm -hmm. we reformatted it and looked to see, hey, well, if there's no account, let me see if I can go download this again. And that's exactly how it worked. Yeah, if your console, while, while the service was live, if you, if you had ever downloaded a digital game on your console, anybody who owns that console in the future can just download it. Interesting. 
and it was free, and it was free because the, the console was recognized as owning it, not an account or a, right. a, or a, a user. So it's registered to, to like yeah, the MAC console. address or whatever. The Basically, serial yeah, number, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the, the serial number is provided digitally in the console also, and it just recognizes this serial number owns that game. So yes, let's them download it without paying. Right, so Matt. Yeah. Matt, I know that when you got the Switch, you you specifically told me that you want to go digitally, digital only. I don't know if that's still the case, but if let's say I don't know, 10, 12 years down the line, you still have that Switch and they did the same thing with the Switch service, like you mentioned, the eShop shutting down. Like you can only put such a big SD card in that system to download every game that you're gonna purchase in the next 10 years on that console and you can't download them all mm-hmm. right and if you you did download them you lose one of the SD cards and it breaks and you, you just can't play those games what would your reaction be i would be you spent all that money and it's, it's just gone well, the way that I, so i may not be a fair example to ask that question purely because the way that i've always looked at game purchases is I consider that a sunk cost the second I buy it is, and also the second that I purchase it, um, once I get what to me that I personally deem as $50 worth or Mm -hmm. however much that I paid for that game, whenever I like get to that point, like whatever happens, happens. But like you're saying with the SD cards, at least with the Switch, I have that opportunity to possibly have them provide through a software update some way to back up that information onto a traditional hard drive. So there is a way to back up those files, and it I can't imagine it would be very hard for them to accommodate that, mm-hmm. um, especially in a soft in in a soft platform like the Switch, and something that is as open to. Um, change and they've they've essentially all but confirmed that the switch is their console going forward so i feel like going forward we're just going to see iterations of the switch going forward so i, I think, feel like it would behoove yeah. them to provide us some way to mm-hmm. back up or store this information in the cloud yeah. yeah i think a lot of this uproar has to do with retro gaming um, I know there's been a huge uh, resurgence with all the classic series of these consoles that are coming out uh, with the NES, SNES, and the, the PlayStation 1. Um, but like prior to that, when the Wii came out, other than piracy, you didn't really have another option to play these classic games. And a lot of, po- a lot of people put a lot of money into buying these console games because it was a gate- gate- great emulation device for the Wii because Nintendo built it. They built NES or all their systems that they built in the past. They know the code. They know how to be- develop the best emulator possible for that hardware. So all the games work great on it. And well, a lot I think of the early emulators built off of cracked Wii emulators, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. It was like Wii. And I, th- I think Wii U. I think was also used. But yeah, either, that's that's neither here nor there. But um, but like a lot of people, if they w- don't want to go down the privacy route, which most people don't, I like it's very niche sort of people who are like, okay, I'm gonna build a Raspberry Pi, put RetroPie on it, and have all these ROMs get it from whatever source that I get it from, put it on, hook it up to my TV. Yes, some people will do that, certain percentage, but. I think majority of people is like if they grew up playing those games, it's like, oh, now I have an easy a- access to uh, these classic games that I used to play as a kid on my Wii. Just hook it up, buy it, and I, I, maybe from time to time on weekends they pull out their um, 
uh, console, their old console, and like, hey, let's play uh, a couple rounds of Castlevania or Super Mario Brothers, whatever it may be. Yeah, no, and I, I so like I those type of user might be the more majority of this uproar. That's my guess. It's like, oh no, I if I didn't download it, um, that game is gone now, and now they may turn back to they may turn to privacy. It's like, oh, how they start googling and they find sources on the internet mm-hmm. um, to get it other ways. Yeah, uh, it it does seem that they've that they've learned their lesson in a way from not knowing how to do the internet, but that, like they're officially doing not to take out the, the paid membership part. They're doing like official con uh, like official accounts on the consoles themselves. Yeah. The paid membership has a way to track. Uh, they have the SD. Card. I mean, they have a few different options that they did not previously make available. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, for them specifically, that's a good thing, but, I mean, it, it. I think the more surprising thing is is looking at how far behind the times they were. It's not like there wasn't examples out there for this already. The PS2 original Xbox already existed. Uh, did the 360 already? 360 and PS3 already come out by the time the Wii was out. I mean, it was. I'm pretty was sure both right of those. The same were, time. That's what. But like, I think both of them beat them to the market. And Xbox and 360, PS2 and PS3 all had better online capabilities. And stores, shops, PS2 even, which is hard to believe, um, than the Wii did. And it it was, uh, I mean, obviously PS2 didn't have as many like digital download availability, but they at least like had one SOCOM server that could connect better than every single Mario game that had online capability on the Wii. And then Xbox, I mean, they knew what they were doing. They were like kind of the the pioneers for the online gaming off the uh, off the PC, mm-hmm. like on, on, in console form, and by the time the PS3 and 360 came out, you'd think they would at least be able to copy somewhat of that model where like, oh, you should have account associations and have an account instead of just, yeah, you bought our console, whatever. Just put the stuff on there. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point to come up with, to, to bring up as well. Microsoft's, um, the, the, the competition that Nintendo had at this time. Um, and I think that because the the 360, you were, you were right. The 360 came out in 2005. The Wii came out in 2006. So it was competing directly with the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360, and both of them handled it fine. And both of them still have working online stores, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah. And um, they and there's and there's no plans, at least officially, from either Sony or Microsoft to discontinue any of those stores. And of course, I'll probably eat my words now that I said that. There will probably be something that comes out that they announce the next day that will um, make me regret saying that. But, but um, Microsoft has just made more and more of their games backwards compatible, yeah. especially in digital yeah. form. Like any any 360 game that is part of the the free games with gold is also playable on on Xbox One. Yeah. So been, even if it wasn't announced, if mm-hmm. it if it comes out as a free game with gold that month, it that's the announcement that you can play it on your Xbox One. Yeah, they have like fully embraced backwards compatibility, and um, Nintendo has not integrated in, in, their networks. Yeah, yeah, at all. Because like, the the Switch eShop is not connected to the DS eShop, which was not connected to the Wii U eShop, which was not connected to the Wii's eShop. So they're all separate entities, and they're all different components, and um. They've just never really been good at having these combined networks. Oh, so. one thing to add on to the 
the the Wii getting rid of the shop, they're also getting rid of the tool that allowed you to transfer the games from your Wii to your Wii U, your digital downloads. Oh, good. So if they're on your Wii, that's where they will be forever. Don't delete them. Don't do anything. They're stuck there forever. Nice. And and I, I think this whole story does end up kind of coming back to what Irvin was talking about with piracy too. Like yeah. I, I think this is ultimately what a lot of people are going to be concerned about because um, kind of going off of everything we were saying before, Nintendo isn't really good at either backwards compatibility or being on the internet as a company. And it's been one of their biggest shortcomings, I think, with especially when you look at the success of the uh, NES Classic and the SNES Classic. Like, I think people, there is definitely a, like, a dormant market there for these old retro games. And the fact that they've largely ignored that market for decades now, I think, is something that is a big mistake on Nintendo's part. And I think it would be good for them to, like, actually put time and effort into revamping that. So I think that's something that Nintendo needs to work on with Nintendo. Um, <laughs> they got to work this out themselves. They they do got to work this something something. They got to figure it out. Um, yeah. Hope they uh, hope they will. Yeah. Um, so while Nintendo has been killing their online stores for their old consoles, <laughs> Firefox is planning okay. on cl- killing uh, autoplay video across. You just get right to it there, huh? I did. That was I'm proud of you for that one. <laughs> Thank you. You okay. just decided. So that's the end of this topic. (laughs) Following suit uh, with what did what Chrome did uh, a couple versions ago, um, Firefox 66, which is uh, planned to be launching middle of March, um, is going to try to prevent uh, auto playing videos um, that have any audio, um, which is nice. Um, Middle finger to CNET. Calling them out specifically. The bane of this podcast for the first like three or four dozen episodes. Um, Absolute bane of my existence when it comes to setting up the show every day, and even you when you used to run them. Um, Oh yeah, just like load up a video, just bam, autoplay, and I can't tell you how many times I've. And then I actively avoided CNET articles for shows. They're officially on our blacklist. On our blacklist, no goes along with Eleven Alive. Now that one website that I was looking at on the pre-show, they had an article that I saw on Reddit that I was going to bring over here, but um, their website decided to be not Web 2.0 friendly whatsoever. So. I decided that yeah. they're not going to get some some limelight on the show. So you know, whatever, neither here nor there. Um, I I don't I don't mean this to be hurtful, but do you know anybody that uses Firefox? Um, I did for a brief bit. Um, I know a lot of developers use it because uh, their developer options are pretty good. When okay. You look at Windows browsers. Um, so this will have a this will this is a big impact. It's big news. It's not just like. It's like, oh, and they did this too. I think, like, aside from Safari, it's like the next one after Chrome. So, okay, nice. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like it's still it's, pretty big. Yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of security experts use it too because Firefox's big thing is that they're not really owned by a big, um, like a big data company. So collecting your information and keeping your stuff private is more of their oh. is more their forte, I believe. If good. I'm good. Okay. So, See, I'm, I'm looking up the stats right now for browser market share. 
Chrome's at what, uh, 60-some percent? 64% for Chrome. Yeah. The next one is Internet Explorer, uh, <laughs> believe it or better, not. It's because of Enterprise. Uh, it's a uh, 10%, and then Firefox is at 9.8. Okay. Where's Safari at? Uh, Safari is... The next one after Firefox is Edge, uh, Microsoft Edge, and then Safari. Color me wrong again. Um, but yeah, I thought Safari was bigger just because Mac has a big presence in the U.S., but uh, um, not compared to the Windows market. Not compared to enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like nope. to see the breakdown of operating systems running um, Internet Explorer. If there's more <laughs> enterprise edition, or if there's more just like home edition. Yeah. Then like how many of them are still on XP? But <laughs> MA. Yeah. <laughs> Millennium edition. Oh man, dude, throwback. But um, yeah. So Firefox is. Like they're 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 pretty good for for privacy. So if you're looking to switch to a browser that um, that you would want more content blocking controls, uh, better memory management when it comes to RAM, and um, has it's there's less ex- extensions, um, and it's not connected to Google, so it knows less about you, so it's not as helpful in certain areas. But that can be a good thing to people. So that yeah. would be the, this See- would, yeah. This is why I didn't mean it as a shot. I honestly got wanted to know what what the benefit. Yeah, if if there were benefits of picking Firefox over another one. Yeah, no. and they're uh, they they made a big push a couple of years ago to really expand on their extensions market, and they made it really easy to move over Chrome extensions. So a lot of developers were actually porting over their stuff to uh, Firefox. So it's it's much better than it was a few years ago, I would say, and it's definitely worth a shot. Actually, our show. This episode link um, in the podcast right now, in our live show that we do, this scrolling web feed, that's Firefox. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> yeah. There we so, go. Yeah. That's one little benefit that uh So, Matt, Matt, you mentioned operating systems. So I got digging around this website that shows market share. And I, was, I saw Vista. Vista still hold, holding strong at 0.26%, right so. under unknown. Under unknown? <laughs> Unknown is 0.3%. I like how un, like they can't determine the operating system. But a, it has a higher usage than Vista. So, Do you think that's like... <laughs> Not that's... knowing is more common than Vista. Yeah. Oh my god. I wonder what that could be. Yeah. It's like the made-to-order things at Wawa. Like the like, touchscreen things. Oh, it's someone just ran their entire computer on one of those beepers from Applebee's. That's let's you know when it's your turn to get seated. <laughs> Guys, we don't know oh, what it man. is, but it works. The uh, the call for wait, the call for service button actually opens up a browser and Internet Explorer. Oh man, that's weird. I never would have ever expected that. Unknown. I haven't heard that browser <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> that's oh, operating man. system. Oh, unknown. Like, unknown operating. Is that Linux? I don't know. No, Linux is separate. Oh, this is a branch of Windows, right? <laughs> Unknown. Are they just stolen copies of Windows? We'll That's... never know. It will now be I unknown know. forever. <laughs> I never, I never wanted to know something so badly. That's I had a, uh, I had a classroom in college uh, for one of my broadcasting classes, mm-hmm. and there was like twenty to twenty-five uh, really nice Macs in there. And only five of them ran Mac OS. The other 20 <laughs> all ran Windows. Oh, my God. 
because we needed we needed access to the AMP server, which only can run on Windows. But we also had a, a our, my school had a relationship with, um, or they had a deal to get Final Cut throughout the entire campus. So oh, okay. we needed Final Cut on the five apples, uh, the <laughs> five Apple devices that were running Mac OS, and then the rest of them we needed the AMP server. So <laughs> I was like, hey, so man. why did you buy all these? Then? <laughs> You could have saved a lot of money by going. With Apple the probably give them a huge discount. Yeah, they had to have. There's no other way. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But anyway, I just that this uh, the discussion of this made me think of that. Yeah. Um, Firefox users will be able to override the blocks as well. So if you have, uh, you can do it on a site by site basis, kind of like how with Chrome, you can mute tabs uh, as you go. Um, so if their sites where autoplay is acceptable or inoffensive to you and you want to, and you don't mind it, then you can re-enable it. Um, and this also, that is automatically extended to websites that have been previously granted access to microphones or webcams. So that way, um, any of the audio communication platforms will still work as expected and won't run into other videos. Um, Remember when auto playing audio on your website as soon as you went on was like a big thing? Yeah, back was, in the early two thousands. That was back when Flash was in. Like, yeah. yeah, you have like a playlist as well. MySpace, oh, yeah. of MySpace, course. MySpace, baby. MySpace had it. Yeah. But like I'm talking about normal websites. We just my go top on eight, and, my playlist. Come on, dog. <laughs> and it would just automatically start playing as soon as you launch the website. I can't tell you how many websites I went on where the first words that I heard were "Congratulations." You won. <laughs> yep. Congratulations. You won. Grand prize. Oh, man. Uh, and that was yeah. the thing that everyone was doing back then. Yeah. The website for my little, the little league in, uh, in Roxborough, uh, in my neighborhood, it plays music the second it, it loads. Still, to this day. <laughs> Not on Firefox. Yeah, not on Firefox, that is correct. <laughs> and um, they'll also allow muted video to play back automatically, too. So... That's that's another thing. Um, so if, uh, if if CNET decides to just mute all their videos, their videos will still autoplay because there's no sound. Yeah, maybe it's just hmm. CNET. Maybe this was all directed at CNET. <laughs> I like to think that we had a huge influence on this being pushed out because I like it's to only think that too. during our podcast. So this happened during the lifespan of I4O. That's what happens when a bunch of burly men get together and decide that something sucks. Yeah, Everyone the, else agrees. It's the beards. It really just, it, it, it carries authority and weight, I think, that a lot of people. That's why I, That's why mine's so long. <laughs> I needed as much respect as I could get. I have approximately, you have this much respect. <laughs> just that much. It's looking really good. I like your beard, though. It's nice. Thanks. I mean, uh, I'm like bummed that yours isn't as long, but it's, I know. it's very, it's still very pretty. I tried. It doesn't get much longer than the longest that you saw it. Like I, I had stopped doing anything to it for about the better part of a month and nothing happened. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know how much longer I'm getting than this to be honest with you. I'm trying, I'm just going to let it go, but we'll see. I want to see how long it actually gets. I'm growing my hair out too. Okay. Man, you're going to, I don't know if I'm ready for that. It's never been long. It's never been longer than like right here my whole okay. life so we'll see have, how that goes i used to have much longer hair it's it's long on top but <laughs> it's not not long anymore but guys the cosmetic section of our podcast yeah. today yeah beauty, do you guys do you guys know what else is long <laughs> oh my the battery God. 
the battery life on these Energizer phones because they you got could have said a lot of things there. <laughs> I just lost so many phones. things. Yeah, I, just, I just I almost lost a lot of respect for you. I was really ready to cut the seat the feed, just like no, no, I, we can't put this on the air. My mouse was over the end stream button. I almost did it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, this is this I is did not go there. Well, if you had to save any ridiculously awful segue, it has to probably be for the better article of tonight, I think. Oh, and the nice little pick me up that happens. Uh, Energizer is crashing into the smartphone industry with arguably one of the most technically uh technically challenging and fascinating smartphones that I've ever seen. Um it's the they're gonna look like giant batteries essentially <laughs> and obviously they, and they'll have giant batteries also um they're gonna feature motorized cameras they're gonna feature eighteen thousand milliamp hour batteries and they're going to have foldable displays um so for reference uh a iphone I'm just pulling up the exact number. The battery capacity of an iPhone 6 Plus, the bigger one, is and and they haven't changed much since that time, is 2,915 milliamp hours. So this will be nine times bigger of a battery than the battery on the iPhone 6 Plus. Hey, Energizer's nose, ba- nose battery. So, can, can we talk not? about something real quick? I mean, let's get, let, let's not even get to the fact that they're coming out with new phones that look like batteries. Energizer sells smartphones. They do yeah. now. Twenty six of them specifically. I was going to say, apparently, at Mobile World Congress this year, they plan on unveiling twenty six new models, <laughs> and when the author of this article wrote new in there it was to imply that there were others before these 26 yeah that means that energizer has secretly been making 30 plus different <laughs> phones that no one's heard of who i don't even know they could have hundreds it only says 26 new phones it doesn't say how many they've currently got under the black market oh my god it's so i also like that all three of those ideas that you mentioned the pop-up camera the giant battery and the foldable display it's going to be three different phones. They didn't think to put all that awesomeness into one device. They're like, yeah. ah, screw it. We'll give each one one function. That's it. I feel like they took every uh, every buzzword from every CES from the last three years and just made a phone out of all of it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Also, they're still playing the megapixel battle, too. Um, their triple cameras in the back are going to have... <laughs> triple cameras in the back are going to have... Um, a 16, a 5, and a 2 megapixel camera in the back with 6 gigabytes of RAM and 128 gigabytes of hey, storage. Hey, don't, 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 don't laugh at the triple camera trend because the rumors are Samsung and next or this month actually will be announcing the S10 with three cameras on it's the back. Weeks, and huh? Yeah, in a couple of weeks as well as the new iPhone this year is rumored to have three cameras. So Energizer is just head of the game. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Pixel still has <laughs> one camera. One camera, it and it beats, beats every single one of them. <laughs> oh man, this I feel like I feel like this is the like first we had the Megapixel game, which Sony is still playing, and they're the only player in that game now. 
um, yeah. where they have like 25 megapixel cameras. And Light, Lytro still beats all of them. No, not Lytro. Not Lytro. What's the other company? I don't know. Uh, let, let's not Lytro. Oh, fine. Now what you're going to see like the, the, the meme that we saw last year where you see smartphones where the whole back of the phone is just dotted with cameras. Like I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that being a reality than ever before. Um, we but don't it's have the light f- camera. The light camera. Yeah, I'll put a link right in the show notes so you can pull it up on the stream. Okay. But that light camera—it's been out for uh, I think two years now. The light That's camera. where we're headed. Let's see. You pull that up in the stream. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is where we're headed. I have seen this. Let me uh, let me duplicate this for the people watching the stream. <laughs> That's so, where we're headed. <laughs> it looks like Swiss cheese, dude. It's it's sold out. Uh, unfortunately, I really wanted one. Unfortunately, darn. Dang, it looks, it. it looks like a digital camera. It is a digital camera. Okay. It's not a phone. It oh, is not a phone. Okay. I it it was, is. I, I didn't even read the fact that light camera. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I think this is where we're heading. What are the physical specs on this? Not good. Uh, no, I'm trying to see the. Now, this only has a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. They're nowhere close to Energizer. Coming in at 18,000. But they're 52 megapixel resolution. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it has 16 individual modules, the light camera. Um, it has 528 millimeter f2.0 uh, and, and 570 millimeter and 650 millimeter. Um, mm-hmm. Focal lengths at full frame, and all of them are 16 individual 13 megapixels uh, sensors. I just want to find one dude who, not for financial reasons, went, you know what? I'm going to get the Energizer phone. Yeah. Like, what dude was, like, with all the options out there and able to afford all of them, was like, Energizer. Got to go with a name I trust. Well, we're going to find out in July. When they <laughs> unveil their phone lines that come out, they're gonna, and I, I can't wait to see one of these. Um, they're gonna be released in so there, there's gonna be the U620S Pop, um, that is going to release in July, and the U630S Pop will have four gigs of RAM and 64 gigs of storage, so a cheaper, um, lower tier version, I think. Possibly the iPhone XR will be coming out in June. Um, we don't know what these phones are going to look like. Um, I have no idea how they're going to get an 18,000 milliamp hour battery to fold. It's going to be thick with like four C's at least. <laughs> at least four C's. <laughs> um, they will be debuting these phones at Mobile World Congress, like you said, which is February 25th. So I will be for sure watching that very closely and the first pictures i will try to tweet them out on ifro for sure because this is like is energizer drunk like i don't know we'll we'll find out at at mobile world congress if they're drunk or not so there's one thing that i am interested from this though like all jokes aside if any of these extreme ideas that they're trying to come out with work they're the phones are being made by company was it avenir telecom it's a a french company they've been selling low spec phones for years under energizer license which again blows my mind that energizer has phones 
if they are making edge to edge edge displays, pop up cameras, these huge batteries, if they're making these things work, imagine what is going to happen. Like if they come out and are successful, imagine what's going to happen when Samsung and, and Apple turn around and go, oh, it worked for you. All right, yeah. let's take it and see what happens. Yeah. I think this, we make jokes, but this could be the kick to the next generation of, of phones. It could. There's a lot of things that... Ha- it could also crash and burn. Yeah, but- it, it definitely has a lot of things going for it. Uh, I'm not sure how well the P70 and P22 Media Tech Helio chipset is going to work. I'm pretty sure it's a fairly old chipset. Um, it's not a Snapdragon by any means. Um, but like you said, the fact that a company that's been flying under the license of Energizer, that's been this tiny telecom company in France, can come up with a phone like this, it does like say a lot about where people are and like where the industry is. And the article goes into that a little bit too towards the end. And like, and we've we've been saying this for not only this episode but going back a few episodes that arguably we are at peak smartphone like i don't think we that there's much left to do with smartphones so we're seeing these like crazy innovations that come out of nowhere from random companies um and we're seeing these like wildly in like arguably you could call this innovative because i don't think many people realize they might want an eighteen thousand milliamp hour battery and and if all this does is make batteries at that capacity smaller then who knows maybe it does benefit the industry but i think every crazy idea does deserve some time in the sun whether it's us making jokes about it or if it's a legitimate device um and I think that's it, it kind of goes in line with foldable phones, even though this one is a foldable phone in that like once the market is found for something like this, then it's kind of the sky's the limit. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, I totally agree. And I think that it's like just it's fascinating just where the industry itself is and what people are just pumping out year after year. And we've we've touched on this in previous episodes, and I think we even touched on it earlier. It's it's finding out what people want before they know that that's what they wanted. Yeah. And it's funny to reference reference the Wii, reference Nintendo. They've been good at that recently with the Wii. Who knew that we wanted the ability to hold a controller and go like this and watch it happen? We didn't know that what we wanted that. Yeah. And then they said, "Well, how about we do the same thing? But we give you a tablet on top of it, so you can interact directly." Now, what if we can just take the whole thing and like it's none of us wanted any of that. Nobody was asking, like, when are they going to make this console portable? But then Nintendo did it. We were like, this is genius. Like, why didn't anybody think of this? People like Energizer are doing it. Mm -hmm. And they're 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 like, even if we have to be the test subject, we're good. Like you said, we're going to get our moment on this in the sun, even if it's the moment right before we crash into it and burn forever we're going to have that moment where we were the first ones who hit this, or we were the ones who started the trend of the foldable, or we made it capable for these super powerful batteries to be small enough to be in these phones. Yeah. Like it's it, maybe they are just the first one, not the best one. And sometimes that's what you need to get yourself exposed. Yeah. And, and I think that only like, and, and like, like you're saying, like um, people may not know they want it, but when somebody buys this phone, and they realize they don't have to charge their phone for upwards of like a week and a half before they need to put it back on the charger. 
Um, I think that there's going to be an inherent joy that comes from that. And I think this phone could be a hit in the industry of people who don't care about smartphones. The people, those criminals walking around with those clamshell phones, this might be something that carries them <laughs> over into, into the future of, uh, of the industry. And, and for a more modern reference, also, I just wanted to follow up on this. This phone has an 18,000 milliamp hour battery. The iPhone 10 has a 2,716 milliamp hour battery. I was going to say, man, I was going to cut in and be like, dude, I'm an iPhone user. All I need is it to last the day. I don't need a week, dude. Just give me one full day on that thing. I'm good. <laughs> no, stop. Too much battery. We don't need this. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it now. I, I lost my charger. That's how long ago I plugged it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would actually be a legitimate problem. Um, But yeah, so I think that's just like kind of just where we're at in the industry. So. I just I think this is kind of just hilarious that um, phones are capable of doing this, and and, and companies that are under the guise of Energizer are, are coming out with this crazy tech. Irvin, I think you have a hot take that you wanted to tell us about. I do, I, I do. I did want to I did want to talk about this. I think this is interesting. Yeah, so uh, last week we uh, put a hot take uh, for uh, a tool that we all use, we all like, um, that was Authy, um, uh, to get your uh, two-factor authentication uh, rolling for all the different services they offer out there. And this week, uh, Google actually dropped a tool uh, today relating to password security. So uh, they put out um, an extension for Chrome uh, that you can download that'll automatically go ahead and check any password that you type in within Chrome to see if that password has been part of any recent breaches. Um, so yeah, so this is a pretty awesome tool. So uh, if you want to be secure, they should probably build this directly into the Chrome, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but they might do that in the future. But right now we have this Chrome extension. So if you... Uh, Use Chrome already. Just install this extension, let it run, and any anytime you log into a service, Google might pop up to say, "Hey, this exact password was found at, uh, at a breach online, and it's uh, your password is exposed on the internet. You should probably change it." Um, and Google does now offer sort of a password generation, password management. Uh, uh, tool internally so you don't have to get like a third-party app so it'll generate like a secure password for you and remember yeah. it if you want to do that um so just wanted to put that that out there it was launched today so it's fresh news um I like that i will be doing go that ahead right after this episode download it so make sure you're they secure the same list that i am seeding on my server yeah so they haven't specifically called out have i been pwned in their database um, they might be using their internal one. I know. Because uh, have I been pwned is open source. Yeah. And that's a so it thing. uses, they have, um, um, uh, they have stated they have over 4 billion credentials that we know of that have been compromised. So it looks at those 4 billion credentials. But again, we don't know what that source is. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Google just compiled that uh, using the same source that have I been pwned does, but separately. We don't know. Um, also, I think my serve, my, I think I noticed, um, speaking of which, as those collection hacks have been coming out, um, yeah. 
that file that my server has been maintaining has become a lot larger. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I can I, imagine. <laughs> and for those people who are wondering, no, I'm not harvesting passwords. Um, yes, yeah. the, you, you, you can, <laughs> you can either donate. So this is an, the, the, have I been pwned service? And this is a service that we've talked about several times before on this podcast. It's a open source, uh, website and service that is um, run by security experts and people who are in the industry and care about uh, making sure people are informed about breaches. Um, this kind of goes on the heels of what everyone's saying with the service that Google is providing, because it's a very similar thing. You can actually go and uh, type in your email or type in passwords or anything, and it'll tell you if that email or if that password is listed in a list of known breaches. So... And it goes off of all of the biggest hacks that have happened arguably ever since the, since like the early internet. And, uh, it's, it's incredibly useful. And, um, you can either donate to this service or you can do what I'm doing. Um, and you can offer to seed this list of passwords, which takes a little bit of strain off of their servers. And it saves them a bit of bandwidth, so it kind of helps reduce their server costs a little bit. So that's what I'm doing. I'm not harvesting nice. passwords. I'm reducing the server cost of this uh, free service that offers a fantastic thing to the security industry, uh, especially because it's all yeah. open source and it's all available publicly. Can you uh, make that information available for our listeners? I can. Yeah, it's been in a couple Very show good. notes before, but I'll good. Good. put it again Ooh, for put sure. Put that in there again. Yeah. I think it's probably there's... been in more shows than I have, so. <laughs> see the, we'll, have to, we'll have to run the list, see if we can get an attendance list of how I've been pwned. Also, we're talking about what uh, the, the the greatest breaches of all time. Is that what we're talking about? You guys want to come up with your, your top three for next week's episode, or we can go full on like sports style argument over our top three breaches um, of all time. There's the collection or or regular topics, either one, whatever you guys want. We'll I'm here for first take radio, but yes. that's just me. I'm good for any of this. <laughs> I'm good for any and all of this. Um, the podcast is changing and we need to change with it. So um, we'll just talk about passwords from now on. We'll just, the podcast will actually just evolve into a, uh, a series of week long three hour episodes where I just list passwords. And if you happen <laughs> to catch yours in the episode, then <laughs> you know, you need to change it. So <laughs> we need to do that on Twitch. Like you got to be just monotone the whole time, though. Can we just set up a bot with Microsoft Sam's Password. voice and just have Eight, it read the list? One, I, Q, F, <laughs> T, U. I think doing it live would be the Password. Best. And then just the next one, just go right down I the list. I honestly think that just having the bot do it live in the background <laughs> would be even funnier. Just having, like, 11, sexy grandmas 3, Batman 2.0. Yeah. Two. It's like and every once in a while, one of us like just gives like a station ID. Hey guys, remember you're listening to Industry 4.0 here on iTunes. Welcome to Pat check Bird back Radio. in with us for a regular episode <laughs> yeah. next week. Back to your list, and then you just like hear us like having a drink in the background. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Password Radio. Your host <laughs> I4O. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that um, that's. It's a good service and it, it always deserves to be plugged. But this is awesome that they're building it straight into when you plug your passwords in. And this kind of also is like another reason for people to get a password manager. So um, any number of things. Sign up for LastPass. Check out Have I Been Pwned. Um, do 
do the, develop if you're a developer do this to your website google um something like that i think it, i think it's all beneficial and makes everybody safer in the end um agreed agreed yeah. any final takes urban before we end the show password one two three is not a good password yeah password one two three is not a good password neither is hunter two um neither is <laughs> password where the s's are dollar signs um yeah lead speak is not a valid form of encryption no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it is not yeah we've all learned it we know how to check for that yeah it's all about the to, to answer that seriously it's all about entropy the higher entropy your password has the more secure it is so entropy the easiest way to describe entropy is basically saying like if like if I have to read you my password, the longer it takes for me to read you my password, whether it's spelling it out or saying it, the higher the entropy is. So you can just do that. Just add a bunch of add a bunch of gibberish to the end of a of a password you already know. So that's that. That's all I wanted to say. Um we should do an episode specifically on like password security, I think. Or like have that. If you're purpose. creating a new account, make sure you make your password just to start. You can change it later if you want. I four O is the best. That's <laughs> fine. That that's always a secure password. Always. That's good as especially when you do that late speak. <clears throat> um, and you can make the O a zero, stuff like that. You know, just in case it's not a zero. Just in case if the username is taken, it can be. It is what you want it to be. That's the thing. I think I'm on the wrong podcast, guys. I got to go. We're open to interpretation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's end this thing. <laughs> it's tailing off. Um, so I just wanted to give a resounding thank you for all of our listeners bearing with us during these trying times of trying to get these episodes out when and however we can. Um but we are still here for you guys. So we're still trying to do it. Um, like I said, there are some changes coming through the pipelines. So keep an eye on the Twitter account for all of this information um, and get ready for what could very well be an exciting 2019. Cause you have energizer coming out with new phones right around the corner and you have uh, a big change coming to I for O. So um, your two favorite brands right there. That's, that's it. That's, that's the only two uh, on my list. But if you um, if you want to tell a friend about our podcast, that would be much appreciated. You could uh, point them to any one of our streaming platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, we tweet very often, so or off, as often as as we can, and um, all of our episodes get posted to Facebook, so you can check us out there as well. Uh, we also stream weekly live to twitch and youtube so uh if you want to check us out just keep an eye on the twitter and they will post a notification uh when we are prepping to go live so um yeah with that being said this has been episode 84 and we'll see you guys in the next one if i can figure out how to segue again because <laughs> this thing has again stopped working so we're just gonna sit here for a minute <laughs> like, leave we're still leave this we're still here yep hold on <laughs> well okay. i'll take a minute i'll at least cover for you uh thank you too for welcoming me back even though i've been inconsistent and to the listeners i hope you guys uh, are glad that i'm back i appreciate 
every time I welcome back with open arms. Uh, I, I, I'm just my inconsistent schedule leads to me not being here as often. But as always, especially with these big changes coming up that I, of course, want to be a part of that you guys are looking out for uh, coming soon for Industry 4.0. Um, just thank you guys for sticking with us and sticking with me. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Always good to have you on here. All right. See you guys.